Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 141. The show is available live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, you're home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So uh, do give us a follow on social media, subscribe to that YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications. But uh, if you prefer your podcasts in audio format, Every single show that we do, every series we do is available in audio form. Just search Ace Podcast Nation at your favourite podcast or radio platform and there's well over 400 shows there on all sorts of subjects featuring some very, very interesting people. And, uh, of course, if you want to keep it football, follow at AC Footy Show on all social media platforms. But uh, just as we wait for the, some of the stragglers and the latecomers, uh, on those various platforms. A big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as ever for all their support and uh, everything around the show. They've been a massive help, over, particularly over the last year or so in the pandemic and everything. Um, they're a global sports agency. For those who don't know, they represent sports stars from around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages and, of course, their website, links to, the uh, links to which are in the description below and the closing credits at the end of the show. Today's sponsor is Bespoke Financial and Dan Ralston. 
Darren is uh, giving away a free will with £140 with any new policy which is taken out for viewers and listeners of the show. Please check him out. Give him a call. Don't miss out on what's an incredible offer. Um, you can get his contact details from the description below. You can contact myself or Andy and uh, we can give you his phone number. And I, I urge you to give him a shout because uh, they are top of their field. They provide award-winning service. They've looked after Andy for uh, many years on various policies, including critical illness, injury cover, and uh, we're proud to partner with such a top glass brand. We thank them for sponsoring the show, and uh, there'll also be a little vid video ad later on. But um, let's get into it. Uh, for the th third time in four days, I'm very happy to introduce the goal collector, the fox in the box, the QPR dream killer, the over 40s league what legend, I suppose. Apparently, <laughs> the middle for a striker. Davy Jones' favourite son, Mr. Andy Campbell. Welcome, my friends. We have talked Good evening. a lot. Yeah, we have. We, I, I, I talk to you more than I talk to anybody. Um, uh, listen, last night was loads of fun. Uh, really looking forward to tonight. Though. This is going to be... Uh, um, this is going to be special. I'm going to, I've challenged myself to see if I can find um, five things that I didn't know about, or I guess that's what I've challenged myself to see if I can find five new facts. I, I, I think I'm going. I think I'll struggle, um, and I'm going to put something uh, something to bed. By the way, so I haven't been kicked out by uh, Garen. Thank you very much. Um, I've had a Wi-Fi issue, so I've had to come to a, a different place to do my show. But I brought one of my shirts with me, so um, it might just a different backdrop. But yeah, looking forward to it. Can't wait. What I want to know, mate, is is your dad going to ask you questions? Is he going to whisper them in your ear, or is he going to like still send them on the on the chat? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not with me, dad. But no, my dad's just texted oh, me there. Okay. My dad's just texted me there, saying where am I? He's obviously a bit worried about me. So it's fair, fair yeah. enough. But uh, I'm sure he'll have some questions for uh, for our guest. So looking forward to those. Indeed, it's, uh, it's it's interesting, mate, because we both know our guest through very different ways, and uh, I'm very excited to welcome tonight's guest. He is ex Coventry City. Cardiff City and Hartlepool United midfielder and uh, has been named as uh, the most angriest teammate by various <laughs> people uh, in the magnificent questions. So tonight he gets to uh, guess the name, his own uh, version of that. But it is Mr. Willie Boland. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Good, yeah. How are you, boys? Um, happy to be here. Good, Will. Great to see you, boys. Great to see you, boys. Um, just feel a little bit old, actually. You're talking about Andy being like the the legend of over forty football there. When I remember playing with his brother over thirty five, and he was too young to play over thirty five. So time moves on pretty quickly, uh, doesn't it? It, it does, mate. It does certainly does. Because uh, listen, we've done this. Obviously, done this show now. I, I can't believe how many shows we've done, by the way. And, and that the, the shows that which is which is unbelievable. And and when you speak to players, Will, because I remember we had um, Kevin Ratcliffe on um, a couple of months ago. And, I remember watching FA Cup finals and seeing him play, and then when he when he says how old he is, yeah. it just makes you—I can't believe it. And obviously, you'll know. Obviously, the, one of the guests we had a few weeks ago, Joe Jacobson. Obviously, Joe was at Cardiff with us, and um, I was calling him Young Joe throughout yeah. the show. I don't know why. I just—it was just the way that I was—I was, I was, yeah, I was yeah. doing it. And um, and then he told us he was thirty-one, and I just nearly fell off my seat. And I just couldn't believe it. I just thought, Jesus, and just—I just had to stop straight away. I was embarrassed. So I just—it uh, was great. But no, time doesn't wait for anybody at the minute. Yeah. Um, but great to have you on. Love your time and. Um, and I can't wait for everyone to wear it, really get to know the uh, the Willie Boland inside and out. Like I think that uh, me and Si know, but want to know him even more. Indeed. Um, first request of the evening, Willie. Darren Cole says, can you close your curtains behind you? 
So there we go. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the standard um, question. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Willie, that's the best question you're going to get tonight. So get used. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, if, if, if he's desperate for me to close the curtains, I'll get up and close him. Like, you know, that's not a bother <laughs> at all. Very, very fussy, isn't he? <laughs> right. It's going to be a long do? show. It's going yeah, to be a fun one. This one mate. I can feel it already. So we're going to start off as ever with the uh, the magnificent seven. So basically, Willie, this is uh, seven quickfire questions on a variety of subjects. Just say uh, the first thing which okay. comes to mind. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Question number one, always nice and easy to start. Messi or Ronaldo? <laughs> Stumped him. Have I, Messi? Yeah. Great show. Uh, Coventry City or Cardiff City? Cardiff City. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he doesn't mean it. That's why I laughed. He doesn't mean it. Yeah. I, I do mean it. I, def, I definitely mean it. <laughs> well, there's a there's a bit of meaning behind that. Keep yeah, on. we'll have to, we'll have to ask about that in a minute. Uh, favorite, favorite TV show. Sorry, mate. What did you say? Favorite TV show. Oh, I always go for the old classic, all fools and horses. Always makes me laugh. Good stuff. Uh, the most hostile game you ever played in. It has to be the, the Leeds FA Cup game. Um, yeah, that was definitely the most hostile game I played in, favourably in, in our way. Um, but didn't fancy being a Leeds player in that game. <laughs> Don't think they fancied it either, to be fair. Uh, best manager you ever played under? Is that best manager? Yeah. Uh, oof. I would say I've been lucky to have quite a few. I have to name one, do I? Um, you pick a couple. No, I couldn't name one. I'm not. I'm not naming it. I couldn't name one, to be honest with you. No, that's fair enough. Uh, angriest teammate you ever played with? Uh, apparently, I'm quite angry, aren't I? I've been. I've heard from <laughs> quite a few people. You've had a few votes. Uh, to be honest, you've had, you've had a few. You had a few votes. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll that. We'll talk about Is that the question, Sorry. Yeah, just angriest player you um, played with. Oh, you would say Gordon Strachan. And uh, and then the final question is: uh, doesn't have to be football related, but in your opinion, who is the greatest Irishman who's yeah. ever lived? Oh, that's extremely tough. Um. Oh, Michael Collins. You have to go. You have to go into the old politics to, to realise who he is. Okay, I will. I'll look that up later because I, I have no, so like. no clue. But no. Um, good, an- no, I like good answer. I'm, I'm hoping it's a good answer. Good answer. I'm gonna like it. So, Willie, first question: Why do you Great hate question. Coventry? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't. Hit, I, I don't. I don't. I don't hate commentary at all. It just, I just obviously, <laughs> I had, I felt I had, I had to, I had a better time in my career in Cardiff and had a lot more games and, and felt more of a part of the team um, yeah, and regularly rather than Coventry. I had great times at Coventry. 
great times of company, great people up there as well. Like, but uh, Cardiff was was my favourite time. My career. Is that um, diplomatic enough? Well, this is yeah, that, to be fair. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's, Donna it's, says, by the way, um, did you get on with Dave Jones? Nobody got on with Dave Jones. Um, nobody. Nobody did. You just said well, yes straight away. There, there was. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say. I, I listen. I did listen. Ultimately, he he, he released me from the club. Um, but I think that oh, it, it, no, I think it was probably the right decision at the time, um, from a managing point of view. But I did. I, there was a couple of character traits that I didn't like about him. The way he spoke about players to a certain extent. Uh, I thought I thought he was a bit disrespectful because I remember I used to chat with him a little bit because I was injured quite a bit in that last season, and I'd be in the cafeteria and have having a sit down with him. I, listen, I thought he was all right. I thought he was sound enough, but I didn't like the way that he did talk about certain players and um, and, and the way that he more or less he would say like, "Oh, I got rid of him," or "I got rid of that player," I "Got rid of that player," as if they were a piece of meat sort of thing, like you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that that it was probably only that really, you know. Other than that, I thought, listen, I thought he was all right. I thought he was all right. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> That's all right. I don't, I, I don't, I, listen, I don't mind. And, and this is this is the good thing about football. And this is what I find. Uh, Will, do you know what I mean? That, that you'll you'll agree. I, I think that and every player that we've had on that game of football is so opinionated. Do you know what I mean? The fans will have their opinions on players and managers, and us players have their opinions on managers. And you know what I mean? Lenny could have been. My best manager, Willie's worst manager, Jeb Jones could have been vice versa and the opposite. And it's just, it is one of those things because it's just, you love a manager when he plays you. You love a manager when he yeah. gives you what you want, but you don't like a manager when he doesn't give you what you want. And it's so frustrating. I, don't, I won't say don't like because that's unfair because, you know what I mean? It's not you don't like him, you're just frustrated with him at the time. You might say some horrible things, but and then you might like him the week after. But it's just, it's opinions. And, you know what I mean? Mine, mine's a little bit more. Um, high profile because of what I did more than what he did you know what I mean so it's my own fault you know what I mean yeah. it, it, predominantly you know what I mean in the end well I, I, don't, I don't know I mean you have to understand that being a manager of a football club is an extremely difficult job you're not going to keep your whole squad happy there's going to be occasions where you will have a little bit of a fallout with, with a manager or a manager of a player the manager's got to try and get the best out of these players and how he treats them is yeah. extremely important um, now ultimately I was paid as a football player to play for clubs and the manager was, you know, the head of that football club. So I would give my all for that manager, whether I liked him or whether I didn't. I played for coaches managers, so I didn't like, but from my own personal pride, I would um, I would give 100% every game for that very reason. And it's up to the manager then how he sees that. Um, I wouldn't say I got on with everybody, you know, and I, I never took what happened in football personally. I don't think you can. Um, I think you need thick skin, you need to be mentally strong to play and play football and, and if you take everything personally if you take everything personally you're not going to survive in the game it's as simple as that so I, I understood you know it, it's difficult to be a manager I understood that you have to make difficult decisions I understood that sometimes managers don't fancy certain players um, and it happens that's that's the game of football and that's what we buy into I'm mm. lucky enough to have decent careers in it so mm. I, I, I don't look back and you know I've had differences with players and differences with managers, but I tended never wanted to take it off the field. To be honest with you, hmm. oh, listen, I totally agree there, Sarah and Will. I, I think it's, I think it's how you handle yourself, you know, and I think you get a good reputation and a good name in football if you if you do things the right way. And you know, I mean, when I didn't play and when Willie didn't play, you know, I mean, I'd like to think that we handled it in the right manner. We didn't go off whinging. We didn't go off. Yes, we were disappointed. You know what I mean? But we didn't go and slag people off and do things. You know what I mean? That the mistake that I made was was when. When Dave got his manager's job at Hartlepool United, I was sat on my phone and 
I took a tweet out there, which I thought was funny at the time, which wasn't really very funny, but it, it, it did what it did. I think I've seen that tweet actually. Yeah. And it was, and my experience now to people and, and what the advice I tell people is be careful what you put out on your, on your phone, because even if you delete it straight away, it's out there. So what, what I thought yeah. was, I'm not, I'm not one for deleting things, so I left out there and it's still out there, which is, which is fine, because, but then it keeps getting brought, brought back into it and people keep sending me it every time I, I say about it and talk about it. So it is what it is. Listen, he's a, I agree with Will. He's a, he's a, he was a good football manager. He did a great job for the club, by the way. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll put that one out there. He did an amazing job. And his remit was to bring his own players in and his job was to get rid of the dead wood in his eyes, to get rid of the players that he didn't want. And he did that. How he did it, was it the right way? In my opinion, no. And that's not my own opinion, but I didn't, and I said it to him, but I wouldn't, I, I didn't say it to anybody else because that wasn't my job. He, he wanted me out of the club and, and I, I left the club. It's a tricky yeah, one. Yeah, it happens. It? Yeah, it happens. And to be fair, so I, I don't think it is, and I'll tell you why, because this is the game that we're in. Um, and you've got to respect that. You're not going to be everyone's flavour. Um, and it happens. And I know I was lucky enough just to play with three clubs and, and a good sense of those clubs. Um, and, you know, I played under a lot of different managers um, with those clubs as well. And I know what it's like for a change of manager that they like to come in and have a lot of players. So you, you've, got to, you've got to try and make an impression. You've got to impress them. Hmm. Um, and it's nature of the beast. This is football. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, a dog eat dog game. You've got players mm-hmm. there in training up against you who are going for a spot. You've got a manager who's under pressure from the board and from, and from the crowd. It's, it's, it's not as easy as saying, oh, I want to look after him. It's it's like it's a difficult environment to be involved. Different industry to be involved. It's great when things are going well, and I loved it. I loved every every minute of my career. To be fair, I miss the train and I miss all the band with the lads. I loved all that part of it. I love being competitive and playing games. But it's a nature of the beast. Um, hmm. You need to be performing week and week on, being consistent and impressing. And when managers come in, they have their own ideas about things. You got to respect. Yeah. It's a risk and reward for me, Si. Um, you know what I mean? Because it's the only job, I think, what I know anyway, is where, the, where you've got no protection. You know what I mean? Whereas you could be released tomorrow, you could be, you could be out of work tomorrow. Whereas, and, and that's without doing anything wrong. Um, whereas if you work in an office, if you work in another job, if you're a teacher, um, if you work in the NHS, you've got a little bit of protection. You've got unions to help you. You've got, you know what I mean? Whereas the football, you could be out of work and out of job overnight. And that's, the, that's probably the cutthroat thing. But what comes with it is... Um, like Will said, that the highs, um, you know what I mean, the the money, um, the, just everything that comes with it is 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 the re- is the reward for me. You know what I mean? And it over, overrides a risk, and it always did for me. And it was it was more of a more of a reward to play football. Loved it. Uh, loved the the playing in front of people. You can't beat it. You know what I mean? There, there was one thing that I could I could turn the clock back. I would probably love to enjoy games more and enjoy that crowd because when it's gone, it's gone, and you can never get mm. that back ever. Um, so, Willie Craig asked yeah. uh, on this subject, yeah. he says, um, how did Dave Jones release you? Did he speak to you directly or did he do the same as what he did to Andy and banish you? No, I, I, I went for a meeting with him in the office um, and I remember talking to him and he more or less said that, you know, he actually said the, the staff were split out. A couple of the staff wanted to keep me and, and a couple felt it was the right time for me to leave. Um, and I was listen, I understand this is difficult and the whole lot, this whole conversation. And he actually said it's not difficult really to speak to an older pro. It's more difficult to speak to a younger lad who hasn't got met in the game yet and hasn't played games. So it was all amicable. It was all 
it was all okay. It was all so and shook hands. It's the best look. Um, I I, I kind of knew it was coming, judging from what's happening previously in uh, in the months leading up. I had my house up for sale before I heard the news. To be honest with you, mm. um, so I knew it was coming. Um, but there was obviously there was a split in the camp about keeping me on up. It was probably the right thing for everybody involved because if I'd stayed there, I probably would have only been a bit better player. And after spending seven years there, playing quite a lot, I had a couple of injuries in the last season there. It probably wouldn't have um, it probably wouldn't have suited either of us for me to stay for another season. It was the right time to move on, and, and as was proven over the next two or three years, the success the club had, the players that he got in as well. Like, you know, so um, you know, I was delighted to see that, um, and there was no there was no ill feeling really in the end. Fair enough. Which I, mean, I, think, I think it's important, Si. I think it's important to say, you know what I mean, that when players leave and you've had, you have a really good time at football club and you've got that affiliation with the supporters and the players who are still there and the staff and the club that you want them to still do well, you know, and I think that's, there's not many Cardiff players who played when I was there, and probably when Willie was there as well, that still haven't got that affiliation with the club, you know what I mean, the lads who left didn't hold a grudge, the lads who left still go back, the lads who left still keep in touch with each other, and I think that's so important, um, because it shows how much togetherness we had as a group, as a player, um, and as a team, you know, I thought we were, I thought we were very strong on and off the pitch, probably stronger off the pitch than we were on it, but that's probably a, a different story, to be honest. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I, I, I left it out. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Cardiff. Great bunch of lads. I mean, I was there for seven, seven seasons through the second division up to the first, up to the championship, you know, looking enough to be involved in two promotions, you know, seeing the rise of the likes of Ernie, um, Ginge, Gabs, you know, Reese as well, these boys getting Welsh caps, um, and then having the new players coming in, like the likes of Cavan and, and Tony having a big influence on, on the club. Um, it was a great time, and, and I can safely say all the boys that were there were great lads, really good lads. I mean, you don't get on with everybody, of course, you don't. That's life. But in general, you know, the camaraderie between the group, you know, it was a good crack. It was, um, there was tethering there definitely. Um, a fair bit of pressure for a couple of seasons as well because we were, we were under pressure because we'd spent a fair bit of money to perform and to get to get those promotions. But, you know, we got over the line in the end. Um. But no, overall it was great times, and to be part of that kind of rise of the club up into the championship was brilliant, and it was great just to see him going into the Premier League afterwards. Good stuff. So um, next up, we're going to do uh, two tell me whys. So uh, in this, Willie is uh, I ask you and Andy both a question, or I'll give you a subject, and you've got sixty seconds to discuss it. Um, as the guest, you get the opportunity to decide if you'd like to go first or second. I'll go a second and have a laugh off Andy first. There we go. <laughs> um, so uh, I decided just decided I was going to switch it up a bit uh, this week. So um, we've got uh, one question on the Euros and one question relating to Scottish football. So um, the first question or subject is uh, how Robson Canu has been left out of the Welsh training squad ahead of the Euros. Uh, I'd like you to discuss it. Uh, just for sort of, he's been in pretty good form for West Brom, but he has only played uh, 19 games this this year, 17 as a sub, and he's only scored two goals. But uh, Andy Campbell, your 60 seconds starts now. I'm sure if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure he, he said he retired from international football. So for me, it's for him to come back and tell everybody that he's he's available for selection again. I'm not sure if he has done. If he has, I apologise. But no, I think he um, has. Yeah. I think um, I think once you retire from me, you're done. You retire. You know what I mean? If you're going to come back, you're putting more pressure on yourself. He had an amazing tournament uh, when Wales was successful. Um, 
do I think the Wales, the Wales football team has evolved? Of course I do. I think they've gone with a lot more freshness. They've got a little, with a lot more pace. They're playing with a little bit more um, panache going forward. You know what I mean? With the way that they play, with probably the three behind the one and um, with the pace they've got wide with um, with Harry Wilson, uh, with James, with Gareth Bale. You know what I mean? I think for me, I, I, I don't think he'll be a miss. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. You know what I mean? I don't think he scored enough goals in the Premier League to warrant a hundred percent place. You know what I mean? I think he'd be. He probably deserves to be in the training squad, but I'm not sure he, he, he warrants a place in the, in the, in the final 25-man squad, in my opinion. Yeah, I had one second left, mate. Disgraceful. Um, <laughs> just before, before Willie has his, his goal, Reese makes a, a phenomenal point. He says, uh, good, uh, Hal robson Carney retired from international football um, and then returned straight after they qualified. And he said, uh, Reese thinks it's shocking that he uh, had a call-up when you've got you know, you've got all those young players as well who've who've got them there. So it's interesting. But let's hear what Willie Bowling's got to say. Yeah, your sixty seconds start now, mate. Well, I'd love to I'd love to say I know a whole lot about this, to be honest with you, but I, I don't. Um first of all, you're saying that he's retired from international football and has he been included in the squad? No, so he, he retired, then came back. After they qualified. Right. Okay. Um but okay. then he's well, been left out of the squad now. It's I, I think I think that's a pretty obvious one. He's been left out if he's retired and come back after qualification. I mean, he hasn't been part of the qualification process. He hasn't been playing an awful lot for Sprom. Um, you know, he's obviously hoping to get um, involved in that. As Camps has already stated, he he did have a, a decent tournament the last time they were there. I remember scoring a super goal. Um, so from that point of view, he could have been possibly considered from an experience point of view and an and, and extra striker with Premier League experience. But I suppose the whole context of the situation, having retired and coming back as the qualified, kind of leaves, you know, other lads have been there from the very start on the sidelines if he was going to be considered to actually go there. So it's probably the right decision, in my opinion. And that's just 60 seconds. See, Andy, that's Great what you, show, you finish on 60 <laughs> seconds. Bang on. He must have a timer on there, because that was yeah. out of order, by the way. That was, that was proper bang on. Literally, And that's probably a take on it that, that, that you... It's a probably an obvious take on it, but you you need that little bit of time to probably digest it and think about it. That what what makes his decision um, worse for me is that he thinks he can just come into it after after missing a full qualification. You know, you've got the lads who go there. I'd feel disrespectful to my teammates and my my mm. friends and ex colleagues that I think I can just walk in and take one of their places because that's what he's going to do or someone's going to do. Okay, though, is take their place. All right, to play devil's advocate, could it be possible that he retired thinking? Um, obviously, he came off the back of that incredible tournament um, in France, and he scored that that famous goal. He was at a certain age; he wanted to focus on his league game. And then maybe that six months down the line, or whatever, he thought, oh, "Maybe I've jumped the gun a bit here." We don't know what discussion he had with the manager and the coaches and stuff in relation to that. Whilst I I agree with you guys, and I agree with what Rich just said, that to me he should be nowhere near the squad. But also, I don't think he should be near the squad on form. And quality, I think there's better players. Yeah. I agree. But I agree. They have got a young squad. Could he be a good, experienced backup to the likes of Kiefer Moore in case of an injury or suspension where you haven't got to chuck in a, a younger player? I, listen, there's, there's, there's pros and cons for everything, in my opinion. You know what I mean? You, for me, if Kiefer's going to play centre forward and lead the line on his own, um, and Gareth's going to play behind, one of the three behind, for me, if Kiefer gets injured, I'd put Gareth up there straight away anyway and, and I'd bring somebody else behind with pace and who's got a threat because 
is is Robson kind of gonna gonna change your game? You know what I mean? Is he is he is he is he that good? How many games has he changed for West Bromwich Albion this season? How many games has he changed? You know what I mean? Throughout the last couple of years, not many. You know what I mean? So in my opinion, I'd, I'd say no. I'd rather have Matty James if he's if he's not playing and he's coming on because he can. He's a game changer. You know, Harry Wilson, game changer on his day. You know what I mean? For me, there's more game changers than than him. Mm. I, think, I, think is, I think. Sorry, go on. No, go on. I, I was going to put it to you anyway, Willie. I was going to say, like Will says there, that um, Levitt and Smith have barely gone, uh, barely played in League One this season, but they've both been picked. Obviously, younger, uh, younger players. But the, I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because managers will pick who they like at the end of the day. But you can yeah, see the, think, you can I see the training as well, Laurel. Well, yeah. Sorry, well, you, I, I think with, with those young lads, yeah, all, for example, I think I think yeah, I think they're there for training and for experience. They won't be in the final squad. I don't think. I think they're there to gain experience. Whereas if you're going to drop a player from that training squad, you're best off dropping a younger player than dropping a high-profile player and making the news. And I'll, I'll use the. The England squad um, a few years ago when he was dropping some of the big hitters, you know what I mean? It made the big news. It, it, called, it, it, took, the, it took the owners away from the tournament for me, you know what I mean? And that's what Wales don't want, especially what's going on with Giggs and Robert Page and the management, what's going on. You know what I mean? For me, they need to mm. keep the focus on the pitch. The, the focus has got to be the team because the management at the minute is a, a mess. Yeah. What do you think? I think, I, think they've done, I think they've done it. I think they've done ever so well to qualify, first and foremost. I think it's great, um, especially, obviously, with the with the eruptions that's going on behind behind the scenes. So that is that for them is brilliant. I, I can see what, what Robson Carney was doing. You know, he's an experienced lad in uh, opposed to some of the boys that are going to be in the squad. Um, now, I'm not going to pretend to know a whole lot about the Welsh squad, but from his point of view, what he's probably done here is he's had a look at the situation. There's a major championship coming up. You know, as you said, Sonny, he probably didn't think that they would qualify. They're qualified now. He's probably just put himself there in the window that if anybody was to get injured, like a, a decent first-team player or somebody on the fringes on the forward line, that he is an option to bring into the squad. Maybe he didn't expect to go into the squad straight away, but at least he's making it known that he's available if needed. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Um, Rye says there, this is a question for us all. Um, he says... Should they be looking at Luke Jeffcott, who scored 18 goals in League One? Um, you know, years and years ago, Wales's squad was predominantly made up of Championship and League One players. Hmm. Whereas, I think these days they have got a bit more quality about them. But he scored hmm. 18 goals this year. If you're manager, Andy, would you take him over um, someone like Hal Robson, Hal Robson Carnu if you get a couple of injuries? You've got you've got a lad on form. Listen, he's playing for he's playing for Plymouth uh, Plymouth Argyle, and he's he's played forty one games this season. You know what I mean? Plus forty games, he's played every every single game, I believe. You know what I mean? Mm. So why why wouldn't you play a lad who's fit, he's confident, he's flying, he's a young twenty one year old. You know what I mean? He's got nothing to lose. It would be such a um, such a buzz for for him to be to be to be playing. It would be it, he'd run through a brick, brick wall for his country. You know what I mean? You can just yeah. see it. Whereas I don't know. You know what I mean? People for me. Kind of went out on the swan song in the last tournament. He had a great tournament. Yeah. He's had a wonderful career, and and for me, I wouldn't, I would, I would have left it there personally, and I wouldn't have brought it back into it. But now it's going to be more of a disappointment for him that he hasn't been called up to this. And you know what I mean? Is he going to retire again, or he's just going to leave it? Hmm. Not many players get to retire on a high point or at the top, no. do they? Um, and I think that could have been from an international point of view. He probably well, should have left it there. Well, on everything side, you know, what I mean, we we had uh, James Coppinger on the show. You know, what I mean, one amazing guest, and and obviously 
Cops retired this season just um, and retired on his terms, obviously over 40 year old, which is amazing. But he's done it on his terms, and there's not many people who retire from football and from international football on their own on their own terms after such a high. You know what I mean? So for me, it would have been a, an amazing thing to um, to be invited to come back in and just say, "Listen, I've done my job. I can pass it on to the younger people now who've, who've just qualified for with with you. So let's just let's just move on." But mm. everyone to their own. Yes, I guess. it's an interesting one, mate. Um, and the, the second question. question. I liked it. I thought it was a good discussion. This one's a good discussion point as well. Uh, there's rumours that um, Eddie Howe is going to be announced as this new Celtic manager in the next 24 hours. Um, yeah. I want to know, what does Celtic need to do to get back on terms with Rangers? Because they looked uh, a long way off this year. Probably last year as well, I felt that Celtic were quite fortunate uh, in the end. I felt like Rangers lost it rather than Celtic won it. Um, but Rangers have you know they've trounced it this year. They've done very well. They've beaten them several times. What does Celtic need to do to get back on level terms? Uh, Andy Campbell, your sixty seconds start now. Um, Celtic need to really freshen things up. Um, they've gone stale, I believe, especially this season. You know what I mean? For the first season, they've had something, um, somebody against them. You know I mean, Rangers have been fantastic this year. They've gone uh, a different style of play. Uh, Stevie's obviously. Put his put his marker down and his philosophy of attacking players and and and, and his something with midfield and his wide players have been absolutely fantastic and that's what Celtic need to go back to they need to go back to probably a big signing or some fast attacking players you know I, I remember when Sean Maloney was playing when Henrik Larsson was playing Chris Sutton John Hartson Roy Keane um, they had an unbelievable setup you know what I mean they need to go back to the good times and. Um, and it's just be, got to be consistent, you know. That if you've had a bad couple of games, don't start sacking managers. Don't start looking at the doom and gloom, you know. And that, yes, the Rangers haven't lost this season, but they're going to lose next season. And will, will that make Stevie G a bad manager? It won't. And let Eddie Howe come in. Let him put his philosophy in of, of passing football and, and, and attractive playing out from the back, and you know what I mean, putting it into the Scottish league and, and see how it goes because he's a he's, he's a fantastic young manager. Um, and I believe he'll he'll, he'll put them back where, sure, where they need to be. It's just 60 seconds. So that's, that's interesting. Interesting. You went over, mate. It wasn't perfect. Come on, oh. Come on now. Um, okay. We, uh, Willie Boland, 60 seconds on what Celtic need to do to get back on terms with Rangers. Your time starts now. Yeah. And listen, first of all, I think Eddie Howe will be a great appointment. So it'll be a great appointment for him as well. It seems to be a decent stepping stone for managers trying to get back into the game, have a bit of success to get back into the Premier League. As Brendan Rogers has proven there already. Um I think I think Eddie Howe is a super young manager. Um I think that he'll bring a freshness to the club. I think Rangers had the momentum over the last couple of seasons of, of, of inching closer to Celtic and then uptaking on. I think when Stevie Gerrard came in, he obviously he put his he put his footprint on the club and and put what he wanted and his philosophy into practice. Celtic and Rangers have got the best players, the best budget in Scotland. They always will do. Uh, it's a two horse race most of the time. But Aberdeen are done the United. All Eddie Howe has got to do is just bridge that gap and bring a couple of fresh new players into the club and a bit more momentum. And I can see them overtaking Rangers again. Excellent. Five seconds to go that time. That's pretty good. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I think, Andy, I thought you made a, a good point actually about them being stale. Um, they've looked, particularly this year, look very stale. Um, and I agree with Willie, like Eddie Howe, I think is. About as good an appointment as they could make. Like I but don't. But we also think made a good point, Sai, about Brendan Rodgers. You know what I mean? When I'm talking about stale, I'm on about a manager who's probably been there too long. And Neil came back 
Uh, and he's done a great job, by the way, at Celtic. Neil Lennon. He's done an amazing job. He's won they so many never trophies. Back, though, don't they? Yeah, and he, listen, he's put. He, he probably went there to stabilize, stabilize what was what was happening, and he wanted to push him onto another level. But he wasn't working with the same players. He wasn't working with the same kind of budget as what he's previously worked at. He's buying players from, and I'm not being disrespectful. He's buying people from Motherwell, and he's buying the best players. Of course, he's a Motherwell side, and and um, St. Johnson's team and Aberdeen's players. He's used to getting players from the Premier League. He's used to getting the Roy Keynes. He's used to getting the Henrik Larsons. He's used to getting Chris mm. Sutton and John Hartson. That's a big difference. You know what I mean? So when he's working with those kind of players, the, the manager himself, you know what I mean? That right, imagine Roy Keane. You know what I mean? I, I was lucky enough to play against Roy Keane and, and the Celtic, Celtic boys when, when I was down with John Firmland. And listen, it wasn't even, it was a joke, I'll be honest. It was, that, it was that easy for them. It wasn't even close. You know what I mean? 8 1, I think the beat is one week and 3 0 the, the following week in the cup final. It was, it was just a walk in the park. But like, it now looks like a struggle, you know. You've got all these young Scottish footballers who are playing for the national team, and it looks a struggle for them. It looks, and they're playing in front of no fans. And you know, I mean, if Celtic Park is rocking sixty thousand fans at home to range, and you're losing, you're probably going to know about it. So I think they need to get themselves back. They need a good manager, fans to back it, and I think they'll be fine. I, I, I believe Eddie Howe will just turn them right around with his with his own staff as well. Yeah, indeed, mate. I think um, it's been interesting. They got to back him. That was the other thing, mate. Because hmm. is it to, to sort of go off the same point, same subject, but different points slightly. St. Johnston uh, won both the Cups in Scotland. Is there any chance, any chance that they can challenge Celtic and Rangers for that top two place? Because, St. Johnston? Yeah, we've oh, seen it for no. so long. No. The only the only team for me, in my opinion, um, and I do keep an eye on, on Scottish football for, for various reasons, and the only, the only team who's probably going to be close is Aberdeen and, and I believe Aberdeen. their budget's been slashed and they brought in Stephen Glass's new manager um, mm. he was at Atlanta, Atlanta last year um, he's supposed to be very good very good coach very good manager uh, from the job he did in, in, in Atlanta too um, last year he brought Scott Brown with him so they look like they're trying to, to close the gap a little bit but the gap's that big it's just ridiculous you know you, it, I don't see anybody closing it in the, in the foreseeable No I think it's going to be difficult for anyone Unless they was to get like a big fund, you know, a big owner with a lot, a lot of cash, just because the the funding difference, the TV rights, even just just the TV rights paid to Celtic and Rangers are so much bigger than what the rest of the clubs get. You know, there's always going to be a gap. Um, there was a couple of years back, I think Aberdeen had a really good, like three or four players come through the academy, but the problem is they have one good season, and you think, oh, hang on about. If these can stay together and they could pick up a couple of good transfers, they could be here. So, and then Rangers yeah. and Celtic take all the young players and they're gone and they've got to start again. And yeah. I think that's almost impossible to stop. Well, Don has just made a good point there about do you remember when Aberdeen were, were the top team in Scotland? Obviously, Fergie yeah. was a manager. Yeah, they brought in some. They brought. They had some younger players. They brought people through. They sold them on. They went to the Premier League. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of. A lot of the young Scottish players in England, especially in the in the two thousands and um, to two thousand and ten, they came through probably the Aberdeen ranks because the Celtic and Rangers mm-hmm. players stayed where they were, and the Aberdeen players and the Hibs players jumped ship and came down south. And um, that's what that's what intrigued me when I uh, when 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 I potentially nearly went there that um, that they had young players, so it was it's probably a natural progression to go to a club who, who enhances young players to to put them back down south. And it just it was just too far for me. It was just a well, saying that Cardiff was even further, but it was just a, like mm. a, it was a five-mile cam- camel ride to get there. It was a nightmare. But Willie, it's got to be difficult for Scottish teams outside of Rangers and Celtic when, as soon as you get a half-decent player, particularly the younger players, as soon as you get someone who's half-decent and starts performing in the first team, 
Rangers or Celtic come along and pick them up. And if they don't pick them up, you have championship clubs and League One clubs come and pay them more to go and play in England. Like That must be frustrating for the clubs, the fans, but also difficult for the coaches as well. Well, that's what happened yeah, with I mean, um, it's, it's it's Adam Rooney on it. Well, was it Adam? Was it Adam Rooney? Is that right? Yeah, he he was at Aberdeen, wasn't he? Yeah, he was at Aberdeen. He, said, uh, he well, went the conference. Yeah, this is the thing. It's always going to be a problem. Celtic Rangers have created such a gap there over the last thirty years. Aberdeen were very good when Fergie was there, but they were lucky to have three or four, five really good young players coming through, but. That squad was tore, tore apart by the likes of Man United signed in Jim Layton and Gordon Strachan. You had McLeish going up, moving on as well, the Rangers. And, you know, Willie Miller said it for years. But that's what happens, you know. If there's if there's a team who are, you know, progressing and young players coming through, they're going to grab attention from clubs who've got bigger budgets, bigger bigger fan base, you know, bigger stadiums, uh, more money, bigger budget. So what's going to happen to those players? Heads are going to get turned. Those, those lower clubs need money to survive. It turns into something similar to the Premier League where you've got the top six or seven who will ultimately buy the best players from, the, from those teams that are in the mid-table lower. Um, you know, look at the advantage. Southampton is more of a feeder club to Liverpool over the last five or six years. That's, yeah. that's what most clubs are based upon is can they get good young players from the lower leagues? Can they bring good young players through? Can they get an element of success? What's an element of success? Staying in the Premier League, getting a good cup run, getting into Europe and selling players on for a huge profit. That's the nature of the beast, really. I totally agree. Sorry, Andrew, just because you oh, mentioned sorry. Adam Rooney, mate. Um, he went to Salford in League Two because they doubled his wage. That really, and uh, Reese just brought that up, but that shows how... how poor the finances for the teams outside Celtic and Rangers are, even compared to League Two clubs. Like, I know Salford is slightly different to other League Two clubs, but even so, a League Two club is able to double his wage. Mm. You know, not many people, let alone footballers, are going to turn down a double-your-money offer to move jobs. Do you know what I mean? Totally That's a lot of, it's a lot Especially of difference to your life, isn't it? Especially the standard of football he was playing at, you know what I mean? Because he was playing in um, in big stadiums, he was playing in Europe, um, he was playing against Celtic and Rangers, what, eight times a season, um, play, potentially playing in big cup games, and then he's dropping down to League Two, where the stadiums, the facilities, the training grounds, everything's less, everything's not as good, you know what I mean? So it's, it was a. It must be a. It must be. It must be a difficult choice. You know what I mean? And I'm not being. I'm not being arrogant. You know, I'm not being. I'm not taking a mick that I think. You know what I mean? For me, sometimes yes, the money's great, but sometimes you've got to weigh up all the options and weigh up the, the things of. If I have a good couple of seasons at, um, at Aberdeen, that Celtic could buy me. You know what I mean? For example, because that's mm. that's been happening as well. And Willie Willie mentioned there about um, uh, all the guys who left Aberdeen got 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 Man United. It's just and. That's the natural progression, though, wasn't it? You know, because why? How would you turn that down? Those opportunities don't come around very often. You know what I mean? And those opportunities come around once in a lifetime. You take them because once you turn them down, it's the biggest regret of your life. You know, I mean, you look at some of the players who have turned those kind of moves down, and you didn't, you don't do it. You know what I mean? And that's just mm. uh, an amazing thing. Um, Willie mentioned someone. He mentioned Jim uh, Jim Layton. I played in Jim's testimonial. Remember, remember talking to Kev about it. That was. Uh, that was I think. Quality. I think that was, I... that was quality. That. Jim. Oh, 
broke up a bit there. Really. The thing about it, though, if you look back in the 80s and if you look at the European competitions and it wasn't so much Champions League, Scottish teams did pretty well. And the, Scot- mm. the, Scottish, the Scottish League and the English League was... Sorry, am I still there now? No, yeah, 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 yeah good. I'm just saying in the in the eighties, the Scottish and English the Scottish and English league were they weren't a million miles apart. Even the internationals between Scotland and they were pretty close. Mm. The the the, pre, the Premier League the Premier League now has installed so much finances into the English game that the gap between the English game and the Scottish game is huge. It's a massive, massive gap now. And it's only Celtic and Rangers who really can financially, you know, get decent players and but what's what it's done there? What it's done there, Si, it's 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 encouraged teams to put the finances back in the into the youth team and bring young players through. You look at how, how successful England's or sixteens have been, the nineteens won the World Cup, the twenty ones are always successful. Um the full squad's starting to be successful because players are playing all around the world and that's probably and I'm talking about Germany, they're playing in other countries because they're not playing in England because of the standard of players playing in England. You know what I mean? Because the Premier yeah. League is that big now that English players well, are playing all over the world, whereas Scottish players, yes, the best one to play in England, Robertson, etc. But the other lads are playing regular football in Scotland, but the the, the standard's not as high. You know what I mean? But to be fair, saying that the national team's picked up and they're in the they're in the Euros, and you can only be as you're only as good as your last game. And obviously, they play England in the in the group. So mm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count my chickens just yet. But mm-hmm. I'd, be disappointed, I'd be disappointed if we didn't beat them. Well, Andy, look, the, I just quickly on Adam Rooney, mate. Um, it's a bit just you were saying about the quality um, in the English leagues. Um, he played 151 games for Aberdeen, scored 50, uh, 66 goals. Then he went to Salford, played 70 games and scored 30 goals, which is pretty good. It's like almost a goal a game. Um, and he's now playing. He's only yeah, he's only 30. He's only 33, but he's playing for Sully Hull Moors at the moment. Uh, which I think, uh, what, they, what league they in, mate? Do you know? Uh, they're yeah. in the National League. He's playing National Cameron league, Cox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, it's a strange one, isn't it? It shows the how much quality there is. Because he's in, before he went to Solly Hall, he uh, had a pretty good record like in those mm. seasons. You know, he, it's, it's a strange one. But uh, there we go. Um, there was a question which I really liked just now. I'm trying to find it. Um, oh, there we are. Uh, Rob Boyle asked Willie, was there a player that you ever played against that you loved to leave a foot on in the tackle? Uh, see, I think people think that I'm some sort of dirty player in the whole um, <laughs> not, there's a skill in tackling as well you know um, and I, I would I would never go out to hurt people I'd always go and be fully committed um, never really come across anybody who uh, it's, it's the truth it's the truth I, 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 I never come across anybody who I intentionally would go out and try and hurt body really I tell you who I didn't I tell you who I didn't really like to be honest with you there was a couple of players who I played against who I thought were who I, I could have done or should have done. Um, Dennis Wise is one of those. Um, Paul Ince, those type of players, they were kind of naggy, um, always trying to give it the big end, you know, always trying to wind you up. If there was any players I wouldn't mind going through, it would be players like that, to be honest with you. You, you get them. Uh, um, but no, no, 
not anybody that springs to mind, to be honest with you. See, I, I think that's uh, I think it's a good question though because there's, there's players who, who wind you up, there's players who annoy you, there's players who, who frustrate you, and um, there's one that comes to mind for me, and it, and it wasn't a direct player who uh, who I played against. You know what I mean? So it wasn't anyone who was marking me. It was um, it was when we played for Crystal Palace, and, and I'm and I'm going to use the Crystal Palace terminology because he plays for Swansea now, and I don't want it to um, to look like I'm picking on Swansea again, and, and people thinking that I don't like Swansea because that's 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 not the truth. Um, Wayne Ramage. Wayne Routledge and Wayne Routledge used to wind me up all the time. He used to, I don't know if it was just because he was little and he used to just get round me very quickly and he was very quick and it was just annoying, just annoying to be around, you know what I mean? And a uh, very good player. Um, he had the ability and abundance, but he was just, he just seemed to be everywhere where I didn't want him to be and he just really got on my nerves every time. So, um, but if you want to come on the, for, on, on the show, Wayne, doors open. Yeah, doors open. <laughs> doors open. But um, yeah, so it is what it is. Oh, Right, we're leaving back now. Will he gone? Um, uh, but th- listen, that's um, they'll go back to uh, to Adam Rooney. Um, goal scorers cost money, say. You know what I mean? So if, uh, for a League One club and a League Two club, not to take a risk on Adam. You know what I mean? That Solio must be yeah, must be doing something right and uh, and and contributing quite a, a hefty sum to his uh, to his wages because goal scorers are a few and far between. Um, you know, which is. Um, it's true, back. I, I really, 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 really like them, um, and they're in the playoff final as well. So, uh, just bought me, just I've just bought me Brentford top. Um, yeah, we're not talking about that <laughs> top, um, Well done, yeah. Newport. By the way, they tried to bottle yeah, it. Cracker. They, they yeah, tried cracker. their best, but mm, they did. Yeah, cracker. Yeah, cracker. The thing is, they've got they've got enough quality, uh, experienced quality. You know what I mean? On the bench, through the squad, through the coaching staff, Flynn's done a. He's done a tremendous job, um, and I hope they go up just for him. Because if they don't, I think someone else might have a um, have a little nibble and uh, and try and prize him away. Because there's there's some big clubs in League Two, and there's some bigger mm. clubs in League One. So if they're not careful, and he doesn't make that progression. He might make it with somebody else, which will be a, a huge shame because he's made so much progress at a football club side. And if they don't continue that progress, they can fall yeah. backwards and then have to start again. Cool. And it's I don't think they've got the facilities they have probably haven't got the finance to do it so sometimes you can punch above your weight and it's going to be a tough one they've got a tough yeah, game against Morecambe because Morecambe are, Morecambe are a decent side they'll be Tranmere so it'll be a good luck to them by the way I hope they do it um, and um, Gav said earlier uh, he said do you remember when there was always talk about Celtic and Rangers coming to the Premier League like they just not, I just don't believe they're anywhere near that level mate I know we've talked about it before but just while no. I wait for Woolley no, they're no, nowhere near not, that level no. I didn't even no, think no, that no. championship level Sometimes, well, the, the, well, the, um, well there's, there's, there's a few points. You know, what I mean, for for me, the first point is what give them the, the divine right to go straight in the prem. You know, what I mean that that they've got to be there's got to be a level for them to go into. If I was a Rangers player, I wouldn't expect to go to League Two and have to have to work up, but I'd expect to at least have to earn the right to get in the Premier League. So that would be Championship. But then, if I'm a Championship club or a League One club, I'm not looking at Rangers and Celtic thinking, "Hang on a minute." Why are you taking our place? You know what I mean. So it's a, it's a difficult one. But for me, the, the minute they're nowhere near. If you're talking about when Rangers had Loudrop, they had um, Gaza, they had Ali mm-hmm. McCoist, and when you're talking about Celtic and you're talking about um, John Hart and Roy Keane, etc. Joe Ledley. We're, we're, we're talking about a different, yeah, Joe Ledley, etc. We're talking about a different kettle of fish. You know, what I mean? we're talking about a different yeah, setup, a different side. So now, no. Back in the then, maybe back in the back in the palm, yeah, maybe they had a, they had a, they had a great chance. Uh, and then they were good teams in Europe as well. So 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, big time. Ryan, uh, Reese, and a couple of other people have mentioned Kevin Ellison because you said about the playoffs. Uh, he's coming up against Derek Adams again. I wonder what will happen if he scores uh, scores a goal. Will he will he go face to face with him again, or what do you reckon? Um, oh, listen, Kev, Kev's, a win- this, Kev's a winner. Kev's now nah, listen, Kev's a, Kev's a winner. Kev will just want to win. Um, he, he he showed his passion. He he did what he did because he thought it was the right decision to do and. You know what I mean? That he, I spoke to him straight after, um, well, the day after, um, and he didn't regret it and and said that he would do it again. So I'm fully expecting yeah. it. <laughs> um, Willie, uh, Ian just asked a question. He's asked it a couple of times. I know we talked about you leaving Cardiff earlier, but he asked um, specifically, he said, um, ask Willie about his time leaving Cardiff and why, please. Uh, there was so much stuff being said at the time about bonuses uh, and other talk on the terrace. Um, and they, you're just wondering if that was anything to do with it, or was it uh, a purely football decision? No, it was. It was purely a football decision. I mean, the year before, I took a massive wage cut um, because the club were, you know, I think Peter Ridd still was was in the club at the time, and financially the club were struggling a little bit at that stage. So, um, no, it was purely football. There was not an offered. Um, David Jones had more or less just said that you know it's probably time to move on. Uh, and that was it, really. So, no, the financial side of things never came into it. The year before, I had to take a cut, as I just mentioned there. Mm. Um, and there was a little situation as well where an amount of games, if I'd played the previous season, um, you would get a bonus as well. But I conveniently was left out of two or three games um, towards the end of the season. They brought me back for the last four games when we, we needed to get some results. Um which we did, thankfully, we got eight points out of the last four games, but the previous two or three games had come back from injury um, and I was on the bench and never got on the pitch sort of thing. But that's, you know, at the time, the club financially were struggling a little bit. They brought Dave Jones in, obviously, and they had to move things around a little bit. Um, or so they said they were financially struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, no, not when I left, when I left, it was not, not much to do with that. Yeah. That's got to be frustrating, mind, though, to be left out and it, when you feel like it's because of a performance-based thing in your contract, rather than you know being well, I, I can't say for I can't I can't say for certain that was the case, but yeah, you know, I I would imagine you know towards the end of the season, Cavett left to go to was it Wigan at the time? I think it was. Yeah, and I'd yeah. been I'd be I'd been out I'd been out injured since Christmas time, and I was coming back. And the problem, the boys could have probably done it with a little bit of experience in there. I think Joe was just coming to prominence then, and he was doing well um, in the middle of the park. But it got to the point where I think we lost two games in a row, and we were, you know, dangerously close to the relegation. Um, and they brought me back into the side. So it seemed at the time that that could have possibly been the reason. But I, I wasn't really that bothered to be fair, as long as we stayed up, which we did ultimately. Unfortunately, it happens. Uh, I, I know it happened a couple of times at Cardiff when during my time with players, um, and uh, and it happened at the weekend uh, with uh, Aidan McGeady. Um, Aidan was Aidan was going to trigger a um, a new contract if he played against uh, Lincoln City in the second second game of the playoffs. If he'd if he'd have played, yeah. and he did play. But he waived his contract. He just tore his old contract up and signed a, mm. a, a basically one week contract. Um, I don't get it for me. Just why do clubs, if clubs aren't going to honour these things, then don't put them in. You know what I mean? Because for me, I look at Aidan McGeady and Sunderland, Sunderland could and probably should have got promoted. You know what I mean? They've the, the underachieved, of course they have. However, 
what's going to through a player's mind if 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 he's not fully committed to the club? That is he going to go through a brick wall? Is he going to get stuck in because he doesn't want to get injured? Aidan Shuey doesn't want to get injured in the playoff semi final because he's going to have to find a new club in the summer, and he's already been told that remotely that because you're not getting a new you're not getting a new deal. I don't understand it. Basically, for me, it's not it's not ethically right. Um, if you're but it also shows the sort of player, on. sort of person he is, by the way. Oh, mate, listen so. for the for the player. That he wanted for to the see fabulous. Yeah, he, he he did, and it was it was it was great from him, and he's and he's been a, a model pro throughout his career, and I seen I seen him quite closely at Celtic when he was when he was coming through, um, and I've kept an eye on him ever since, and he's been he's been <laughs> immense, and his time his time up in, in the northeast, he's been absolutely phenomenal, and I hope he doesn't retire, I hope he carries on for as long as he can, because he looks like he can play for another four or five years. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Willie uh, Lee Crofts asks, uh, who was the biggest drinker that you've ever played with? Oh Jesus! There's loads. <laughs> um, I could name a proper squad there, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I would say when I was at Co- when I was at Coventry, there was there was some big drinkers there. Mickey Quinn, he's now a horse trainer at next Newcastle, ex Portsmouth, Coventry City, famously known as Sumo Quinn. He could put it away. Paul Cook, who's turned out to be a successful manager with various clubs. He was a he was a very good drinker. They were social lads, two scousers. Um, you know, there was a few boys at Cardiff. You know, could put it away as well. Um, but you know, honestly, we we would go out once in a while. It wouldn't be like the old eighties days, nineties days. Well, it's the eighties when they used to go out every Tuesday club or something like that. We used to have our our get-togethers every so often. But you know, the modern game now, especially, I don't think you can you can be as um, be as frivolous with the old drink as, as you could years ago. But no, listen, there was some there was some boys who could put it away. The older pros when I was a young lad, it was it was pretty um it, it was pretty it was pretty popular back then. But as I as I um as I went through my career I got less and less. There used to be drink on the buses coming coming back from away games. That was done away with um as time moved on. Um but that was that was the old tradition years ago. They have a couple of cans on the bus on the way back from away games. And mm. there were some heavy drinkers there, all right. But it definitely definitely kind of Weaned off as the years progressed, and I would I would be very surprised if it's if there's anything sort of like that at all. Now, to be fair, oh. how important though is it, Willie, then to to use for um, team morale, team bonding, sort of speak? Because that's how it used to happen back in the day. You know what I mean? I remember coming through '96 that it would be straight out on a Saturday. The manager would call it on a Sunday to get everyone back together in the pub and, and do it all again. You know what I mean? Because that's just how it was that he saw if you if you if you were together on a Sunday and you were together on a Saturday, then training and games were easy because you, you knew each other inside out. You'd 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 work for the person next to you, your mate. Um I, I don't see that sometimes now. You know what I mean? And 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 clubs have to try and find that that way of, of building that morale and that team bonding together. And I'm not sure how they do it now. You know, I, I mean, I've definitely bought into it because I think it's, it's beneficial as long as you're not taking the piss with it, like, and, and going out too often. Once in a while, definitely, I think it's, it's you're right, it's good for team bonding. But just different animals now, the players. You know, it's they're a lot more physically fit. Um, the demands of the game are a lot more. Everyone's quicker, faster, stronger. Um, you get alcohol in your system now, it takes you a couple of days to recover from it. You can't do it. You just can't do it. These boys are getting paid an awful lot of money to perform week in, week out. Um, and they got to look after themselves. Years ago, it was accepted. It was part of the culture. Um, it was part of the camaraderie, part of people, you know, coming together as a group. Um, the older pros would, as a tradition, obviously try and get people together and get out and, and 
and it worked. It did work. There's no denying that. It did work getting people together who wouldn't normally get together. I just mm. don't think they can do it now. I, no, I agree. In a controlled environment, maybe once or twice, maybe once or twice a season, possibly, but not like every week like they might have done years yeah. ago. But I think that's also social media as well, and we've we've spoken. And listen, I, I'm so pleased it wasn't around because it would have got me in, a, in all sorts of trouble. Um, and and I just think it's a it's a godsend. But I think that's a deterrent in its on its in its own right that you that it's not there. You know what I mean? All it takes is someone taking a photo you at the wrong time at the wrong place, and yeah, and you look like you've had 25 pints. Where you you know what I mean? I seen a story about Ross Barkley the other day, and he he was he was getting asked to leave a hotel. Um, Apparently he's been on oh, drink all day, that. and he was seen he was walking that, yeah. out. But someone because someone's got that, their arm on his back, it looks ten times worse. And you know what I mean? It's it, it's a story, and it sells papers. And I get that, I fully understand that. But camera phones are the worst invention ever. Yeah. Did uh, did either of you two ever play for camera? Go on, sorry, Willie. Go on. Say that. I was going to say to be fair, Cam. So I seen that clip of Ross Barkley. He was. He was, yeah. He, no, he was, but yeah, he was, but like, but you, you, you're on about you, you, you used to say it there about about a highly tuned athlete, about players. I bet now it doesn't take a player now that long to to to, to get as drunk as probably it used to take one of us back in the day when you can have eight, nine, ten pints. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah, like now yeah. because and I just the way the bodies are made now because they're, they're just so fit, they're so healthy, they're they're just finely tuned now. Whereas back in the mm. day, you could you, you you just had to get through a game. That's all you had to do, and you you did it because you had to. You didn't have much yeah. choice. Yeah. Well, it was the when someone got arrested recently, didn't they? A footballer uh, for drink driving on the way back from the end of season drinks. I can't remember which one it was now. Oh, that'll come to me in a minute. Um, Donna said, "Did either of you ever play uh, ever play for Cardiff hungover?" Um, I didn't play for no, Cardiff hungover. I, I've never, I, I never played a professional game hungover. I, I've, I've said on here publicly, um, obviously when Chris Wilder was my manager at Halifax Town that. We were having a really tough time, and Chrissy took us out for a couple of pints uh, before an away game at Aldershot, which we, which we unfortunately won one nil, which uh, which which was a, the worst the worst possible results because the next week when we when we when we did it again we got absolutely walloped I think five or six, which we never did it again. But it was just I, I, you just can't do it, you know what I mean? And yes, it was only two pints, but I felt it, and I was feeling it the last 20, 30 minutes of the game, and it was just some of a slog. I did it a couple of years ago when um, after a Christmas do I played for. I was playing for a local team called Stokesley at probably step nine with 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 a good friend of mine who was a manager and um, I shouldn't have played but I just did it because I thought it was going to be funny and it was yeah, it was a, it was a mistake to be honest <laughs> embarrassed myself and embarrassed everybody else as well I think yeah and um, guys you you, you, you go on well I was just going to say you just you you couldn't do it at a professional level it's just you no. just wouldn't do that. No. Um, it, it never, it, it never entered the equations. Don't get me wrong; I might have turned up training once or twice after having a couple of beers on a Sunday, but yeah. you know, before before a game, no, not a chance. Once or twice. Good shot. Um, <laughs> Gaz says, uh, really, <laughs> he says, um, tell us a story about Andy off the pitch, and uh, how does it feel to know you contributed to Cy being with his wife? Well, let's just hear a story about Andy off the pitch, I think. Because we've heard the other story. Um, yeah, well, I, like, I use I use room with cams quite a lot um, when we used to go on away trips. And we went through this phase where we'd play FIFA quite a lot. Um, <laughs> I knew this was coming. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Cam, Cam, Cam's, Cam's would say that I'm a bad loser in the whole lot. Like, I'm not actually, I'm just like, 
really determined. But you should see this lad when he loses games at FIFA. He's unbelievable. <laughs> he starts throwing the remote control all over the room and stuff like that. Banging it on the ground in the whole eye. He won't talk to you for about 20 minutes afterwards. And I'm just sitting there kind of smirking and smiling away to myself, knowing that he's wound up. I just love it. Absolutely love it. I wouldn't be the greatest FIFA player now. To be... <laughs> I wouldn't be the greatest FIFA player, but um, he, and he beat me his fair share of times. But those other occasions when I would beat him, oh, it felt good, like to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, and I, I knew that was coming, so I was, I was, I was prepared for it. Um, I'm a really bad loser. I'll be honest. I, I just, I just don't like it. I, I think it, and I, and I probably blame my junior football for that. You know what I mean? That when you, when you brought up, and, I, and I'm going to move into a point about Willie in a minute, um, and, uh, and and upbringing in football. That when you brought up in a team which is so successful, and you and you win, win, win all the time. It's a nightmare. So when you know, I mean, I, I think losing's healthy. Losing's good. Uh, you know, it gets you so used to it because you've got to have that feeling. You've got to know how to handle it to prepare for your next game, and it's so so important. And I probably try to tell myself that now after spitting me dummy out 12, 12 times a night when I used to play for Willie. But yeah, it was a. We had some great trips, by the way. Every trip was a great trip on the bus, in the hotel. It was it was quality and it was uh, amazing times. But well, one thing, that, and I've just spoken all there about 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 young players and up, upcoming players and, and coming through. Obviously, you were brought up in Ireland. And the amount of players who came through, probably your era-wise, um, Irish players, um, especially Republic of Ireland, why is it that that many players came through at that kind and that kind of time? Because they all seemed to there was an influx of players who came over to the UK to play, and the standard was absolutely ridiculous of players. And so, why is that? Is is it still coming through now? Is the standard still as high, or was the was the coaching or the development at the time extremely high? No, I think what it was, um, and, and it stems down to how the English game has evolved, really. I think the players that you're getting back over from Ireland in my area were, were all international players. You know, you were getting the best of the best of Ireland, really. Um, and what you were doing, you were you were putting those into various different English clubs. And we, we would, we would do just as well as English players um, because we probably had the same sort of um, upbringing, um, exposure to football totally different now with the academy system and the amount of exposure English players get at such a young age and the standard of coaching and the amount of contact that they get on the football um, where we're way behind over here and that's why there's less and less players young, younger players going to England uh, which will even be harder now in with the Brexit situation um, so what you, what you find now is that it's players that are a little bit older who've got a bit more experience in the League of Ireland your 18, 19 year olds that, that clubs are taking a chance on now where they've been exposed to first team football rather than the younger ones who are up against younger lads who are miles ahead of them simply because of the facilities and the coaching and, and the, the contact time that they've had on the football. Um, and that's why you see all these brilliant, brilliant young English players coming through at the moment. Um, it's great for the English game. I think the academy system, a lot of people have, have, um, obviously criticised it but if you know the numbers before you go into it you know the experience that you're going to get you know you're going to improve as a footballer then you can accept the plus points which is you're getting the players like Phil Foden coming through who you never see really you know, people mention Gaza but technically English English players now are just as good as European players where you couldn't say that 15-20 years ago No, no I totally agree totally agree but I'm going back to probably what I must have been what 14, 15 year old, and we went to the Mill Cup, um, and the standard of that tournament alone. You know, what I mean? is it, is it still going now? Is the standard still big? Is it is it being taken over by clubs, or is it what is it is it is it still high? 
there's some good players. There's still still some very good players here. Um, and there always will be. You'll always get your odd your odd few who um you feel could could obviously make an impact over England. But I'll go back to the point. They haven't had the same exposure as as nine year old, ten year olds as as, as they do in England. It's so much more professional now in England than what it was years and years ago. Which is why we we would be on a level playing field. There's some quality players over here, you know, really good technical players, and and the Irish game is trying to improve all the time. The youth system is trying to improve all the time. Of course, as it just doesn't have the financial backing, the clubs don't have the the support, they don't have the sponsorship, they don't have the TV exposure, and that's where that's where we're miles behind. So, you know, if I'm a young Irish player now, I'm looking at the situation, thinking, how am I going to get to England? It's far more difficult now than what it was years ago. Um, I was lucky at, at that period of time that um, there was there was a conveyor belt of Irish players going over, so clubs were looking at Irish players because of that. Um, whereas you don't see that as much now, simply because oh. the English game, the English academy system has has um, progressed so much. So is is there then a, is there, is there then a progression for them? Well, then, as 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 a stop now, you know what I mean? Because it, what is is there no, a natural a... progression for anybody? There is. We got a national league here under 13s, 15s, 17s, and 19s, which is in line with international football. Um, our our younger international teams are doing pretty well. They get the major. They get the major final tournaments, um, the major tournament finals, should I say? Um, a lot of them do go over to England, um, but you just don't see like most young players now. You don't see them impacting first teams, as you would do years ago, um, and you don't see them coming to prominence. You look at the Irish international team now and. It's been fairly criticised a lot. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of young players have to come through yet, and I would I would hope you'll see the fruits of what people are trying to do back here in the next five years or so, five five to six years, where we started a little bit later than the English system did, uh, so we're we're probably about ten years behind. So you'd hope to see some of those young players coming through now, making impacts in first teams and, and at international level as well. Like and I just said, last, financially. Just last Last question then on that, on that then we'll start your in because I think it's going to be a point then yeah. what you're probably going to move on to. Is that having yeah. an impact on the national team? Because the national team's really struggling currently. You know what I mean? You see Northern Ireland are probably overtaking them with, with results. England, Scotland, Wales, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're really struggling and I'm not really sure why because it, previously they've done really well. Yeah. Well, for me, it's, it's pretty straightforward. We don't have enough players playing playing at the highest level. Um. You know, we don't have enough quality players that are, that are playing for Ireland at this moment of time. Um, you look back to when we qualified for the World Cups and European Championships, most of our players for, played for the top four or five clubs in England. We don't have that now. Um, and, and that's where we're at. There's a lot more English players coming through, a lot more European players playing with, with um, top teams in the Premier League. And our lads are really, you know, playing possibly low Premier League to Championship level, League One level. And it's probably what you mentioned about Wales there a while back, that's where we're at at the moment, where a lot of our players are playing down there at those levels rather than at the higher levels. And we need to try and get back. But we're hoping that our younger players will progress and, and improve and, and will start climbing that ladder in the English leagues, which will impact, obviously, the international team in the future. Yeah, great shout. Stuff, good shout. A um, few questions from the live chat then. Um, some will require a longer answer than others, uh, Willie. But uh, Kay Childs asked... Yeah. Who, who do you who, what football team do you support? Uh, I support Manchester United. Do I need to elaborate on that or just leave it at that? Terrible. No, I think it's a terrible. Fantastic, fantastic choice. <laughs> <point> <laughs> terrible answer. It's a terrible answer. 
And you know what, right? And, 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 and I, will, I will back him up here, by the way, because uh, this isn't just, this has been, you know I mean, I've known Will for obviously a very, very, very long time and, and they weren't always successful. Um, you know what I mean? And that's, this is someone who's, who's had an upbringing and, and he's talked about the players passionately, about the players when the things weren't going well, you know? So it's, mm. um, it's always nice. Um, it's always nice to get supporters who stick with the club through thick and thin, you know what I mean? Because yeah. football's, football's good like that, you know what I mean? You get good times, but then you get really bad times, but then the good that's times, good, hopefully, mate. might come back. Yeah, there's nothing worse than people with two clubs, mate. There's, they're, the, they're like, support Cardiff or Liverpool, but not just support Cardiff, isn't it? <laughs> just going to let that hang. Um, <laughs> can I... Can not, you not by anyone in particular. Can I elaborate? Just, can I elaborate yeah. No, no, no. You're not going to name names like... Um, where, did Man, where did Man United finish in the league, anyway? Um, just behind Man Second. Oh, was it? All right, OK. Who was third? Was it Liverpool? I didn't really oh, see it. I'm really seeing it. You don't really see it. <laughs> no. Ah, well, there we go. Um, next question. Um, Gavin asked, um, he said, uh, what was the most, or your favourite stadium you ever played in? Well, probably, probably links in with my last answer, really. Old Trafford, being a, being a lifelong Manchester United fan as a kid um, and getting to, to I played there um, twice I played there when they lifted the league in 94 last day of the season um, so you know as a young kid supporting United and playing there when they lifted the league um, that was a special occasion to be fair yeah uh, so I'd say dream, obviously the Millennium Stadium was yeah Millennium Stadium was an amazing experience as well you know the playoff final that was the game the game was crap but the the experience was brilliant yeah. What was uh, what was what was special about um, Old Trafford? Well, because the big stadiums sometimes get a little bit of a reputation for being probably less quiet. You know what I mean? Certain fans. You know what I mean? Man United fans. They've got something special. You know what I mean? They do. They do sing. They do get behind the behind the team. And the noise at Old Trafford when there's a goal is um, quite something. You know what I mean? I was quite. I, I sampled that quite a lot. You know what I mean? Giving quite a few goals away at Old Trafford. So it's um, it's something that you get used to quite often when you play against some of the big sides. But. You know what I mean? It's um, it's just something yeah, special when you hear that kind of noise. No, it is. I mean, I mean that was an amazing occasion because they were league champions and it was, a, it was a, you know everyone was celebrating and it was there was a party atmosphere going on. But you you go to some of these grounds, these big grounds, and depending on how the game's going and how how the team are actually performing, it's going to depend on the atmosphere. Um, you know, if if you go to a big team where they're struggling, you know that crowd can turn on them very pretty quickly, like you know, and it can it can work in your favour. So it totally, it totally depends on how the match is going. Totally depends on how the team is doing that season. Uh, but I get what you're saying. The tight little grounds do create great atmospheres. Um, but I just think, obviously, being a United fan from a young, from a young age and, and, and playing at Old Trafford, it was obviously kind of a, a dream come true sort of thing, like you know. Well, you just said there about um, about players, um, the fans turning. Obviously, we've had no fans. You know what I mean. So obviously, that's gonna that's gonna change next season. Uh, hopefully, that everyone will be back. And I'm gonna use Old Trafford as an example. I'm gonna use one player as an example. And and I just like your opinion on it. And um, Greenwood's had, had an amazing yeah. season, but he's had an amazing season with no fans there. How's he gonna react when he's got fans there and he makes a yeah. mistake and people potentially get on his back? Is he gonna is he gonna be the same player? Will he flourish even more when he's got fans there to, to entertain? What's he? How's he? How's his gonna emotions feel during a game? I don't think the fans will get on his back, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's he's a Man United youngster coming through the ranks and the whole lot. They normally they normally give them the benefit of the doubt and have a bit more patience. 
and I think that's I think a lot of fans have got a little bit a lot of fans have got common sense about them as well. Yeah. They realise and understand that young players, you know, need time, they need patience, and they tend not to get in their back. No, listen, that's not all fans. But you know, you know these young players are, are learning their game. I I think that he'll he'll be embraced. I think he's going to be a super player. Um, whether he ends up up top or, or plays from that right, depending on on w- the way things go um, next season. Um, but I, I would say that he'll embrace it. I think he's got that air of confidence about him. I think he's got that mm. that look about him of, of being a top player. Um, I I don't think he's got much to worry about, especially if he performs the way he's performing anyway. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I, what you just said there. I... I think he's got he's got an arrogance about him, but a good arrogance and a real confident arrogance about him that he knows he's a very yeah. good player. For me, he's 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 Rashford Mark too. You know what I mean? And it's only going to be great for you. You spoke about English players. Uh, he's got to go to the Euros for me. You know what I mean? Because I can see I can see them just having the red arrows all over the place and just swapping three for three and just everyone's going all over the place. It'll be it'll be a joy to watch if they can just get regular performances out of those kind of those kind of players because United are getting it. So why can't England get it? Hundred percent, mate. Um, yeah, I think it's an exciting time for English football. Mm. You know, if, got, if they don't win this, the, I think this could be a this could be our one opportunity for me to uh, to win something for me. I think um, the other historical big European national teams are not as good as they have been previously. The likes of you know, Italy's and Holland's and Germany's. Like I'm not saying they're not good. I just don't believe they're as strong. Uh, as a whole, as they have been previously, whereas England's got quite a deep squad of young quality players. So I think you're right, Andy. If they're going to do anything in a tournament, this is probably going to be their their chance to do it. Um, Andy's dad asked a, a good question. He said, uh, "Hi, Willie. Great to see you. Who uh, had the biggest influence on your career?" Good question. Very good. He asked ask good, um, ask good questions, my dad. My dad, good questions. <laughs> I, 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 I listen, there's loads of different people that have had influences on my career. Um, I, the kind of player I was, I think I embraced the fact of just being left to my own devices. Um, so, for instance, my father, when, when I was younger, didn't put any pressure on me at all. Wasn't one of those pushy parents. Um, um, just encouraged me and supported me without judging me on my performances. And then you've got to go through all the coaches and managers you've had all the way up, and they've all you always take a little bit from them. And the players that you played with, you embrace, you're learning all the time as a player, and even as a coach and a manager now, you're always learning. And if if you if you think that you never stop learning, then you're probably missing a trick there. You're never going to improve. So my dad initially for making me loving the game and, and not and not impacting. Um, my progression and obviously along the way during my progression all the coaches and managers had influences on me sometimes negative which I'd learn from and um, but mostly positive um, so take, taking bits and pieces from and, and players I play with as well all that so I've had numerous influences that along the way that's helped and supported me and family as well as a huge one of course cool um, a couple of people have just said, um, I wasn't aware of this, so you'll have to bear with me. A couple of people have just said that Spain have announced their squad and that for the first time ever, there's not one Real Madrid player in it. Um, what do you think oh, of Ramos. that, Andy? Yeah, no yeah, Ramos. Sorry, I heard, I heard that today, yeah. Not really? It's just looking, no Sergio Ramos. 
Um, right, to be honest, they're massively underachieved, though, haven't they? You know, I mean, over the last over the last probably season, they finished uh, second in the league by like two points. Though, no, not Real Madrid. I mean, I mean Spain. Um, oh, okay. You know what I mean? So they're they're obviously are they going down a different route? They've they got have they gone down a, a younger route, so they're going for for youth and given given this given this well, given this, this up as, as, as an example. Squad. Um, Wolves forward Adama Triore and Leeds defender Diego Lorantes in the squad. Uh, Brighton keeper Robert Sanchez um, make up the Premier League players as well as De Gea. Um, they won't win it. It looks like they've got a bit of a mix of new players and then a couple like Coca and then they've got like Coke and uh, De Gea. And, you know, they have got a bit of experience, but it does not look anywhere near type of experience side that they've put in like their defense uh their midfield like they got Busquets who's obviously very experienced the next uh kind of most experienced player in their midfield squad for me is probably Thiago from Liverpool who I think is like Not early bad, 20s and he? yeah he's all right like but I'm talking in experience of a of a tournament like yeah, I think you do need a couple of players who've been there done it um, they got a couple, uh, Jordi Alba and uh, Aska Aska, I can't say his name. Aska from yeah. But we're, um, we're talking about a, we're talking about a country though here who um, who's evolved, aren't we? You know what I mean? You're on about you're on about um, uh, David Villa. You're on about uh, Zavi's Busquets, Ramos, Puyol, uh, Casillas. You know what I mean? They, they were they were they were stalwarts. They played every single game for years and years and years. The one. World Cups, European Championships, they had an amazing time uh, It's in a short short period. So that was always going to come to an end. And then they had to restart again because how can you bring you through when you've got quality like that and you're winning trophies and you're winning tournaments? It's impossible. Now, France are potentially going to have the same problem and do the same thing. Portugal have had the same issue. They've had to re- re- regroup again and go down a, a younger route. Um, Brazil have struggled. Argentina have never really done it. Holland are strong, but they've never been strong probably since Van Basten and Hullet and and Koeman and all those guys, you know what I mean? England have struggled forever, so it's yeah, it's got to be someone else's time, you know what I mean? And 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 I'm not I'm not going to feel sorry for Spain, by the way, because Spain have won everything for years. So I, I think it's about it's about time someone else shared a trophy. Yeah, um, and to clarify, um, Gavin's getting a bit annoyed with me. I wasn't saying Thiago is not very good. I was saying that he's quite young. Um, so <laughs> in terms of the central midfield, outside of Busquets, they haven't got any experience. Like I wasn't saying he's not very good. He just Gav, wouldn't get Gav, any Sav just Sav just texted me, said that Thiago's not good. Well, he's not even he's a poor man, Scott McTominay, isn't he? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um no, I um what else we got? Um Kay Childs asked a question. I'm trying to find it. Because there's so many comments tonight, it's difficult. His question, his, his question was Willie. His question was Willie. What? Who's your Who's your favourite ever Manchester United player? Ah, oh, there you go. Um, uh, between two, Brian Robson and Roy Keane played my position and two super players. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. I don't. I'd love to see. I'd love to see both of them in their peak together. You know what I mean? I don't think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, we're talking about Vieiras and we're talking about Petit. Vieira and Petit were probably the best pairing, you know what I mean, at, at, at that at that time. But Akeen, Akeen and Robson together would have absolutely blew them away. Blew them away. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, a couple of other questions we got. Geraint asked, uh, "What? Excuse me, sorry. What do you think of Cardiff City's new stadium, Willie?" I haven't been yet. Lucky you. I haven't been, yeah. I'm gonna have to. 
<laughs> why? Why? What's wrong with it? I just I I'm I I prefer Ninian Park. I I like my football stadiums falling apart. It's all right. I just don't, I don't like the way it's set out with the, the away fans and the loudest Cardiff fans are so far apart that it just, as well as the design of it, it just kills the atmosphere. Um, so you don't right. get that intensity and you don't get that loud um, sort of atmosphere because the sounds just dissipate very quickly. Um, you know, look, it's a lovely, looks lovely. It's a nice stadium. I'm not saying anything like that, um, particularly with the view of who our guest is next week. But, but it is what it is. Um, I, 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 well, I've, I've been a, I've been on a number of occasions, and the, the, well, was it the last time I came? The last time I went? Oh no, the second time. The second last time I went when they got promoted against uh, Ipswich Town in the June nil. That was phenomenal, and the atmosphere was amazing. So it was a sellout. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. But other times I've been when it's been quite dull and empty um, and probably lacking a bit of atmosphere from a, from the away end, from the home end and a, a little bit of everything with, the, with the, probably the way that the team is playing as well. Um, it's hard to get an atmosphere going when there's when there's not much happening on the pitch as well, you know what I mean? So you've got to, you've got to probably take it into context, you know what I mean? That the, the players thrive off the atmosphere, the fans thrive off what's going on on the pitch. So it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a double act needs to happen in order for that to, uh, to bring it all together. Indeed. Uh, Matthew Angel says, um, Willie, you mentioned about giving 100% every game. Uh, my memories of watching you was that you'd never stop running for 90 minutes. Did you do any extra training outside of the club's training or was it just down to your work ethic on game days? Just down to my work ethic. Um, I, I, I trained how I played, to be fair, which is probably why people thought I was so angry. Um, I, 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 tended to, I tended to go to, in every training session 100%. And that's the way I approached it. So that would that would that would um that would show on a Saturday more or less. And listen, I had to do that to, to make an impact in the game. I I wasn't quick, I wasn't strong, I didn't score goals. I could read the game, I could get a tackle in. I I'd be available for the football all the time. But I had to I had to make sure I had a high work rate to be effective as part of the whole team wheel really. And that was my role within the team. I'll, uh, listen, I'll, I'll second that, Sai, because uh, there was there was no better trainer I've come across. Um Especially Cardiff City, you know what I mean? I, I, I came across someone similar to Willie, um, similar position, similar attribute, similar, same attitude, Robbie Mustard Middlesbrough. Um, same position, just ran all day, just wanted to run all day. And, and, and he said the same thing. I've spoken to him before about in, in, in renewings and things about that, a little bit disrespectful about himself. And same what you just said, Will, I don't agree with what you've said, but um, that you said you weren't this and you weren't that. You know what I mean? Your, your quality is what you had, outshone others because of the attitude that you had. And, um, you always wanted to be on Will's training, uh, Will's team in training. If that was five aside, if that was a competition, because if 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 someday you didn't you didn't really want to be there, or someday you'd um, um, you'd been a bit naughty on a Sunday, or, or whatever have happened through the week, and you just want to be on Will's team because he could uh, he could he, he could carry you through, you know. And um, yeah, uh, one thing I will pick up on there: Willie said he didn't score any goals. I saw Willie score the best goal I've ever seen in my life. It's got a it's got a worldie at Margate. Will tell everybody about your worldie at Margate. Do you remember it? <laughs> Do I remember? I've, I've, got, I've got it saved. It's the only goal I scored. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. They weren't even my football boots. Um, they were Leggy's football boots. Ian, Ian forgot to to pack my boots, so I had no boots. So I had to borrow Leggy's boots, and it was a free it was free kick outside the box, and 
I was wearing, I think they were like those, what were those boots at Beckhamore years ago? The, the Predators or whatever. Predator ones, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were them. So I just thought all of a sudden I'll take this free kick and bend it into the top corner. <laughs> um, I, I bent it all right. It bobbled about three times before it went into the bottom corner. <laughs> I've, listen, I've, uh, I, it was it was it was one of the funniest goals. It was probably one of the funniest celebrations because it was just it was just one of those moments where you just we all just looked at each other thinking that was just that's never going to happen yeah, again. You know, the goal, yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing, but it was just one of those moments <laughs> that that you just knew it was going to happen when the when the kit man forgot uh, forgot to put his boots in. But no, it was there. Uh, I remember yeah, that was a long. I remember it. that was a long trip. By the way, that was a that was a that was a camel ride that to get there and get back. But I'm glad we uh, <laughs> glad we didn't embarrass ourselves. Yeah. Um, so I've picked exactly. I've picked up. Uh, I've picked four three, uh, three questions to finish. Uh, so Andy's dad says, yeah. uh, do you think the Premier League will continue taking a knee next year uh, now that the fans are coming back? The inevitable has happened and the majority are booing, which could ruin the sentiment behind it. Oh, question, question, question. Look at the father coming out with some decent questions. He's tonight. good, mate. He's, he's, he's good, mate. Um, he's, 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 he's very consistent. Listen, I think it's down to personal preference at this stage, isn't it? Um Should do, do I think it should? Do I think it should be done? Listen, if you feel that strongly about something, then do it. Um, that's that's my thought process on it. If I was playing at this moment in time, would I do it? I probably would initially. Do I need to continue to do it to keep sending the message out every week? Possibly. Um, I, I I have mass. I've honestly no real opinion about it. I've got no problem with people that do it. I've got no pre people problem with people that abstain from it. People who abstain from it doesn't mean that they don't believe that it's the right movement. It just feels that they don't have to do it. I've got no problem yeah. with that. Yeah, I think the problem have got we've got side, their own reasons, haven't they, for yeah, not think, doing it? I think the problems we've got at the minute is because we've got no away fans in and away teams are doing it and home teams sometimes aren't doing it. That there's booing happening because there's no one to support them as well and I think it's getting yeah. it's getting a little bit confusing that some are, some are doing it some aren't doing it but I, just, I agree with Will it's, it's self-preference for me and if people want to write something on social media they're allowed to do it if you're allowed, if you want to if you want to, if you want to go, on the, go on the knee then surely you're allowed to do it. It, it clubs are backing their players to make their own choices so just for me let it happen and, and fans fans are in a privileged position at the minute they're allowed back in football so please don't waste your time booing your players or booing opposition players just go, on, go on then support your team yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. I suppose um, the difficulty will be whether the ref, whether the referee is going to blow his whistle again for that knee or whatever. That's going to be the contentious thing or whatever going forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then the Indeed. FA could make that make that job though, couldn't they? They could they could make that call straight away and say, "We've done it for a certain amount of time. Players can still do it. They can start, but when that whistle goes, it's not for the knee; it's for the kickoff. So then they've got to do it at a certain time, different time, and and do it themselves. And you know what I mean? They can they can make their own judgment then, can they? Yeah. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Um, OK, Stephen Salway asked, uh, could you talk a little bit about the atmosphere between Cardiff and Leeds in that famous FA Cup game? That was amazing. I mean, I, I had quite a few friends over for the game. Um, and they came over and they never experienced anything like it in their life. Um, that It was electric, um, the, the buzz. And I, you know, I played a fair few games in my career. Um, and you know the intensity of that occasion and the passion that was shown from the from, from and I'm not one to the to, to bullshit about stuff like and the whole lot. It actually was real. The you know the passion you could feel it. You could feel it coming onto the pitch, and and then all of a sudden when we got that equaliser and they had a man sent off, you could feel the belief. 
coming from the the terraces onto the pitch as well and it was amazing and obviously you had sam going around the pitch as well hmm. you know put the cat amongst the pigeons as well um to make it even more you know scary but it was it was an amazing occasion it was an amazing result um it was great to be part of it great for youngie to score the winner as well um you know he he put a lot of time and effort into that club and um, great stalwart for the club as well so it was great for him um and it was just a great occasion and and that night was a great night as well i remember going down to town with my mates and seeing all the fans out there it was it was just a great occasion to be part of but then of course the following week we lose at home 2-0 to peter on the league to bring us right down to earth yeah but that's football for you absolutely it is um, it's one of them did you watch from the stands and because you were on the brink of no i was uh well, you I'd, watched i watched, watched that i watched that home because obviously i'd sport the corky um about I'd, I'd spot a cock on the Wednesday before the game on the Saturday, and then obviously they got they did get beat by Peterborough, and then you got beat by Wigan the following week, and he got sacked on the way home. And mm. my, there was my move gone straight away. You know what I thought. You know what I mean. So lucky enough, it was still in, still in the pipeline. But we'll just just talking about that game though. You know what I mean. It's still remembered um, like the player final is. You know what I mean. So how proud are you that you played a massive part in the club's history? Because you know what I mean. Those two games are remembered throughout everyone's memory. You know what I mean. Because they say that if it wasn't for those. Those that year, that those two years, where they are now, wouldn't have happened. Do you agree with that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think. I think we had to get promoted that season financially. I imagine um, because there was a lot put into the club, and we managed to get over the line. The Leeds game was not expected, first and foremost. So to win a game like that, you're you're elated, you're delighted, you're buzzing. Everyone's buzzing. The promotion. There was an ex- expectancy for us to go up that season. Especially after the season before, when we got beat in the last minute um, in the semi-final by Stoke, uh, and then the following season, you know, we were a bit unfancied going into the playoffs because we were on a poor run going into it, even though we had a decent squad. Um, but we managed to get over the line against Bristol City and and the QPR as well. We, I would say that there were some of the scrappiest games I was involved in, but well, they we managed good. to show the old resilience to get through them. I've I felt I felt more relief than anything else after getting promoted, um, because it felt like it was a job that needed to be done and, and it was done. And I remember sitting lying in the bat after the game, and I just felt relief rather than elation. Whereas the Leeds game was a little bit different. I, I yeah. kind of jumped on the old kind of um, delighted train in that one, like you know. But yeah, I I I think listen, I'm absolutely very proud to have played for the club and and, and through a lot of the successes as well and. You know, from a personal point of view, it's amazing to be part of that, and and I was just delighted to see him progressing onwards. Because when I signed for that club, you know, we played at Indian Park, we weren't very fashionable at that time. I don't think Sam came in and, and changed things around, and brought some really good young players into the club, and brought some expensive players into the club, and that continued for the next well up until now. We're you know in a magnificent stadium and nearly on the brink of the Premier League again this season. So it's been great progression for the club. But uh, listen, I totally agree. I think uh, I think the football club has evolved. I think the football club had to get promoted that year, and and I've said it on here and I've said it previously. Um, if we hadn't got promoted that that year, I probably I could probably name off my head seven players who definitely wouldn't have been there. Probably another five who potentially wouldn't have been there. Um, and that football club would have evolved so much, and it would have it would have potentially had to start again because. Um, you look at the manager. Would the manager still been there? Possibly not. Um, you know what I mean. And it was such a, it was such a, such a strange time. You said about relief. There were the worst three games I think I've ever, I've ever come across. Uh, one nil win, a nil nil draw, and another nil nil draw. Really, you know what I mean. Ninety minute games. It was just horrific. You know what I mean. There was just, especially for a team who hadn't kept many clean sheets in the last 
six games we had really really bad form so we hadn't kept clean sheets but we kept three and three and three games we scored goals but we couldn't score goals it was just a, a surreal time in the last couple of weeks and then we had obviously after the game to try and get ready to to start again so to speak to go to the championship which is just something what which, which dreams are made of at the time 100% mate I think um, to finish us off uh, I've left Donna out today I don't think I've asked one question from her uh, so I feel a bit bad but she asked a really good question earlier which I think is a nice way to finish the show off and that is uh, she asked Willie Boland what was it like living with Andy Campbell <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> a good question it's a good question uh, I, well I think when it was, was this when I first moved up to Hartlepool camps I stayed in your gap for a yeah. week or so wasn't yeah, it? yeah 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 yeah, it, it was sound. It was grand. Cams is a good lad. I always had a good laugh with Cams. We always, um, we've had a few beers in our time. Um, I get on really well with him. Um, and luckily enough, when I moved up there to, to put me in for, let, let me stay there for a week. Otherwise, I was staying in some crap hotel on, on Seaton Crew front. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very grateful for that. But five yeah, star, no, like, you know, um, five star hotel. Like. Uh, well, yeah, 1927, probably, it was five stars. <laughs> But no, uh, I, I, how, how was it? It was it was good. It was good, and you know I've I've had many a night over in Kansas House in the past, playing pool and having a few beers and up to all all the hours, and um, we always have a bit of crack. Like you know, I always take the piss out of each other. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, Willie Boland, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Really appreciate Absolutely. your time Absolutely. and your honesty. Always a good good laugh. But I appreciate yeah. you uh, Cheers, giving well. us your Thank time, you. mate. And, and, and listen, thanks to everyone else, by the way, the, the, the comments, uh, the questions, the chats. The, it's We're starting to really evolve now, and we're starting to really evolve because of everyone who's getting involved. The guests are amazing. Um, the honesty is even better, you know what I mean? So just please continue to watch. Please continue to give us your feedback, and it's uh, uh, we're, we're getting there. Slowly and surely, we're getting there. Indeed. And uh, it's good to see some new names as well uh, in the chat and stuff like that. Um, enjoying seeing some new viewers getting involved with the questions and stuff but um, yes indeed Willie thank you mate cheers lads thanks a million listen best of luck for the show in the future as well I'll keep an eye out cheers Wells. and uh, thank you to everyone else guys um, check out last night's live edition of my story uh, with none other than Mr Andy Campbell available uh, on YouTube Facebook and audio download that was a lot of fun and uh after some suggestions from other people, I'll consider making that a live show in the future on a Sunday, but we'll see how we go. Um, we'll be back Friday for the championship show. Uh, look out for announcements regarding next week's guest, if I haven't already given it away again. But uh, it's going to be a good one. That's all I can say. It's uh, And it is, I believe, Andy, is it the first ever guest to come back for a second time? Yeah, it's a first sequel. First sequel. Mm -hmm. I wonder who could possibly have enough to say that they would warrant two episodes. Oh. Well, that'll be interesting. Uh, Danny Batten Fight Show Wednesday with another guest from the UK fight world, among other things, talking boxing, MMA and stuff. But uh, check it out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Most of all, big thank you to Black Diamond Sports. Please, guys, check out uh, Bespoke Financial, Dan Ralston, and uh, see if they've got anything which could help you out. Tell them that we sent you and they will give you a free will worth £140 with any new policy which is taken out. That in itself is worth it. And uh, yeah, I gave it away. But there we go. Um, oh, 
always always got to finish like this. Um, a nice Ayatollah oh, to finish. Every card of players, every card of players took part, yeah. Indeed. Are we after three? Yeah, we have to wait. Willie's got oh, a bit of a delay. You can just do it. You've got to do the Ayatollah, mate. All right, yeah, yeah, no problem. Go. Crack on. Three, two, one, go. And then I, 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 can't, I can't finish it and do it. <laughs> my mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Podcast Network.